Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. My name is John Carlos. I use him pronouns. It is a joy to be here today. Uh, this is a special week for me. On Wednesday, I am turning 30. Turning 30, I am leaving my 20s behind. And what a what a decade it was! What a decade it was. Um, for me, uh, as I reflect this week on 30 years and specifically my 20s, I have to be honest with you that my 20s started out really rough. Yeah. Um, my 20s uh, were not. Uh, we're not easy. And I remember when I was in high school, people would tell me that it gets better, right? It's kind of like what you tell, you know, queer students in high school, like, hey, high school's hard, but it gets better. College is better. Life after that is better. And for me, I had, <laughs> yes, yes, for me, I had like the opposite experience. <laughs> high school was amazing. Like I started a Bible study at my school with four people. I grew it to 30, then 60, then 200. And then from one school to five schools, to 30 schools and 50 schools and one state to four states. And I, over a course of five years, had the most meaningful leadership experience. As a 19 year old, I ran a nonprofit. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 uh, I was yeah, doing yeah, things yeah, that like yeah. 45 year olds are not doing. And I had this meaningful experience. But then uh, I started seeing the worst that Christianity had to offer. I started seeing the worst that Christians could be. Um, I have to be honest with you, I've met many, many, many humans, but the top worst 10 of them were all Christians. Do you know what I mean? They all somehow picked the same religion. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how they met, they didn't know each other, but let me promise you that some of the worst people on planet are Christians. And here's the, here's the difficult thing. Being a Christian, unfortunately, does not leaders not look like Jesus. It's not church should be really territorial. Like they only care about their logo, their brand, their their organization. And if you were doing something outside of that, you were disobeying God, you were outside of God's plan. I started seeing people I looked up to that I believed in, that I that I was mentored by, lie and hide and mismanage and scheme and manipulate. And little by little, this like dreamer of a 19-year-old became a 20-year-old. And I started facing all these problems. And life started getting really real. And stuff started hitting the fan, right? Um, And I I became very disillusioned. I became very depressed. Like, there was... You know, and I want to offer you again a trigger warning for, 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 for depression and suicide, but I, there was a season in my life where I burnt out so much that it was, it was hard to sleep, it was hard to eat, I couldn't sleep because I was hungry, and I couldn't eat because I was nauseous, yeah. and over weeks and weeks of this stress and of this shame, because I was supposed to, like, as a 21-year-old, I know this is silly, but as a 21-year-old, I was supposed to have my life together, and my life was falling apart, and there was a shame that it wasn't together. Yeah. And I remember getting to a place in a season where like, I just, I didn't want to do this anymore. I didn't want to continue anymore. I wanted to opt out of existence. I wanted to unsubscribe from being alive. And I, I remember that season. And I, I, I remember especially where depression is many things. But one of the things that depression does is that it creates a lack of imagination. 
One of the things that depression does is that it prevents you from seeing new possibilities, new pathways, new solutions, new ways of being. And so I remember just like not being able to see. A lot of my life had been about vision and creativity and courage, and here I was so depressed. And I couldn't imagine that the story had more good left. I couldn't imagine what God would do with my 20s. I couldn't imagine that the story wasn't over yet. I wanted and I prayed and I longed for the story to end at 21. And here I am, almost 30. And there is, yeah, yeah. Here I am, almost 30, and I, I couldn't imagine the grace of God over this last 10 years. I couldn't imagine the people, there's this beautiful quote, and honestly, you just open yourself, this would change your life. The quote is simple. You have yet to meet all the people you will love. Yeah. Wow. Did wow. you understand that? Wow. Do you understand? Do you understand? Like, I have not met you at 21 yet. Right. I, I, I could not imagine you yet. Right. I couldn't imagine that God would give me a community where I was loved exactly as I was. <laughs> I couldn't imagine people accepting me and loving me and seeing. I couldn't imagine the friends I would meet, the things I would wow. do. I couldn't imagine the ways that God would provide for me. Wow. I have one point for you today, and it's simple. If you knew who was with you, you would say, wow. Wow. If you knew who was with you, you would say, wow. And I, 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 as I celebrate my 30s and, and I celebrate what God has done, I, I'm amazed. And that amazement leads me to worship. That amazement leads me to praise. Right? And so uh, we're in a series called Pray for Real. And we're looking at different types of prayer. Today we're looking at wow. We're looking at praise. We're looking at worship. We're looking at adoration. In Spanish, the word is alabanza, mm -hmm. which literally means to lift up something to God. Alabanza. So I want to teach you the practice of alabanza mm -hmm. in my short time with you today. Um, so I, I just want to be honest with you that, like, um, um, in with everything going on in the world right now, it's hard to imagine that singing a song about Jesus would do anything. It's hard to imagine that like giving God a compliment with some music is like what is needed right now. But I think that the, the, the problem that I faced in my 20s, the problem that I experienced with depression and that can be experienced in lots of other contexts is a lack of imagination. I couldn't imagine new possibilities. Yeah. I couldn't imagine new pathways. And what worship does, put simply, is that it opens us up to God. And by opening us up to God, it opens us up to the creativity and courage of our creator. Yeah. I'm talking about real creativity. Yeah. Like, there is a God who is eternally creative and expansive. We can be fully creative when we worship and pray because we are in the presence of the one who created all things. Yeah. Right? Uh, I remember hearing a worship leader say, it is in God's presence that we have space to make mistakes, to experiment, to try things, to, to, to not succeed. Because it's in that presence that we can be creative. But I, I think that a lot of us, when we think about 
worship, when we think about praise, when we think about songs, um, we can kind of come to the conclusion that maybe like God needs our songs or likes our songs. And I, I, um, I, when I was younger, I, I went to a mega church for, 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 for a season. And in that mega church, they had a lot of worship and music, and they had like, honestly, like really good music. But they, 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 they had this moment, they had these experiences where they would have cameras throughout to like capture, it's like a concert, right? They had, they had, they had the whole AV set up, right? And I remember I was having this really meaningful experience with God, where I felt God's love in a really <laughs> intimate and powerful way. And it was kind of like, I felt like a divine, like a really good, meaningful experience. And I kind of just assumed that if I was having an inside cute experience, it would also be like an outside cute experience. <laughs> and uh, I remember being there worshiping and just like really being engaged with God and no one else. And then like they had the cameras, you know, that sometimes go to the audience, right? And there was a camera and it, it, it like, I was, it got my row. And I saw myself worship. And can I just tell you, I am not a cute worshiper. <laughs> I am not a cute worshiper. I am an ugly choir. Do you know what I'm Do we have any ugly choirs in the house? Hallelujah. This is, I, I just, I, I say all this to say, God doesn't need your songs. God doesn't need your compliments. God is not an insecure, mediocre white man. Okay? God is a self-secure, confident being who is creative and expansive and doesn't need anyone or anything. Self-sustaining. He is source, right? Like God is source. And so I think it's important we realize that when you look at the Bible, one of the things that was most freeing for me from some of that toxic evangelicalism was coming to terms with the fact that the rituals aren't for God. The rituals are for you. The rituals are for you. They, they were there to help you engage. I remember um, I had a, a friend in college and we would have spiritual conversations. He was agnostic, and, but, but he, didn't, he didn't really engage with religion very much. But we'd have these conversations. And at the end of one of those, because it was a really positive conversation, I said, hey, would you like to come to church with me? Now, just want to preface, there are lots of good reasons to not go to church. I, a lot of valid reasons to not go to church, a lot of real reasons why you would not want to trust a religious institution. And I get that. I respect that fully. Um, and in hindsight, there are a lot of excellent reasons to not go to the church I was inviting you to. <laughs> uh, just, just like, I think one day at New City, we're gonna just have like a small group for people who have been banned from churches. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. People who have been excommunicated. It's, it, I don't know, if you left the church, that's cute, but you gotta get kicked out. You gotta get kicked out. If, if there is not a list of your name on it for people that cannot go back to that building, I don't know if you're doing it right. Anyway, so I, like there are lots of reasons to not uh, go to church. I respect that. Which makes it all more meaningful that you're here, right? You've consented to be here. You're showing up. You're leaning in. Thank you. I, I, I thank you for your attention. Thank you for your presence. It's a gift. It's, it's miraculous. And so I, I asked him if you want to come to church, and he, he said, uh, well, no. And he gave me a reason that I never heard before, but speaks to me to this day. And I was like, well, what, what, why do you want to come? And he, and he said, uh, group singing. And, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here's the, here's the thing. I was like, oh, 
I, do you not like singing? Do you not? I mean, like I, I like I, singing is like a particular thing, right? Do you not like singing? It's like no, no, I, I like singing, but it's just that group singing, singing with other people, hundreds of other people, makes me feel something, and I don't know if I want to feel something. I want to believe in God because of evidence, because of facts, because of logic. I don't want to be influenced by that music. I don't want to be influenced by singing songs. I just, I just, I want to believe it for the evidence, for the facts, for the logic. And what does that reveal? Right. What right. does that reveal? It reveals a Western ideal that says that logic is the right. highest truth. Right. right. That objectivity, that evidence, that facts, that explanations. That our bodies are, are, are not to be trusted. Right. That our bodies are not to be engaged. That our bodies, that subjective, no, no, no. We, I, I, I want to I think my way to God. Can I tell you that you cannot only think your way to God. God invites us to love her with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all of our strength. Meaning, with all of who we are. Meaning, our body. There are many ways to worship, but there are... Not any ways to worship without a body. Right. There are many forms, right. but there are no forms without a form. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah. Like, if you knew who was with you, you would sing. If you knew who was with you, you would cry. If you knew who was with you, you would raise your hands, you would sit on the floor, you would bow. Like, this is what we do when we encounter the living God. And it doesn't, it's a, it's, again, it's not one form over another. It's that there is no praise without bodies. Yeah. There is no experiencing of God without flesh and blood. Yeah. And I think it's really important that we realize that while there are many postures, posture matters. Right. Like I, I just want to be honest with you. Like sometimes if you want your know, prayer practice, sometimes you should sit on the floor right. and pray. Sometimes you should kneel. Sometimes you should uh, stand. There are many ways. Sometimes you should put your hands in front of you, facing up. Like we are, we we have bodies. We are bodies, right? And so it's so important that you realize that worship is an experience and an expression of a joy yeah. that cannot be contained to your thinking yeah. or to your mind. Every good ritual involves your body. How could you not feel something? In a baptism, how could you not feel something when you're singing with hundreds of people? Now, have you ever heard people worship in different languages? Yeah. It is divine. Yeah. I remember I got to be in a, a church with thousands of people in Spanish in Houston. And there's something holy when you realize that this is bigger than your culture, bigger than your language, bigger than anything you've seen before. Yeah. Yeah. That God is big and you say, wow. 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 How could we not say, wow. So we're looking at Psalm 23. And I think this is a, I mean, I just, how many of you, Taylor Swift fans? Taylor Swift fans? I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Swift I like, I like, I like it. Um, I, I'm embarrassed to say that, but I do, I like it. But here's the thing, like, like, there is no song that Taylor Swift has created that is more popular than Psalm 23. Right. Right, there, th this song has been, understood and engaged with in more languages than she has albums. Right. Like this is the original, like this this has shaped cultures. Yeah. This has transformed people for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. Like in different religions, 
this psalm, right? And so we have this psalm and it says, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm missing nothing. Yeah. Can you, I mean, if you, if you, if you understood who your shepherd was, you would say, wow. And, and so I, I, I just, for me, this psalm has, has been with me for, for a long time. And I, I, I just, I want to read some of it to you. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I think that sometimes people have this kind of thought that with everything going wrong in the world, how could we worship? How could we sing? Right? Like with all the evil and the violence and the oppression happening right now in Gaza, how could we pray? How could we sing? How could we worship? How could we connect with the divine? But I promise you that the people who are being oppressed, the people who are experiencing violence, they're praying. They're singing. Because how could you not express? Right? Whether they're Muslim or Jewish or Christian or whatever they are, it is one of the most human things to pray. I do not need to teach you to pray. And you don't need to learn to pray. You need to relearn to pray. Because you've actually been praying your whole life. When you were born, from the moment you were born, you've been praying. You've been saying help. You've been saying thank you. You've been saying wow. Like, can you imagine not existing and then existing? And seeing an apple. Wow. What do you think that's for? The apple? No, it is worship to God. Like, we come into existence worshiping and praying. We don't need to, like, learn it for the first time. No, we need to relearn it. We've forgotten it. Culture has taken that wonder and that connection away, and we need to return to it again. You know how to say wow. You know how to say help. You know how to say thank you. You know how to say I'm sorry. Uh, what we're exploring in this series is giving expression to what is already in you. Yeah. What is already in you in you yeah. and so like how do how do you live how do you live this out now uh for me i i struggle and i wrestle with this because i am a gay puerto rican man and uh, i love worship music i love it i love it today i i my if you go to my itunes library it's just 80 yeah. percent worship and 20 percent worship adjacent you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'm a nerd that way and you don't have to be but i am that's that's where i'm at uh, and a lot of uh, I don't know, you know, sometimes people will say something like, well, how could you listen to that worship song? Isn't that band, isn't that church homophobic? And, because uh, I don't know if you notice that, but, but they are, uh, many of them are. And, uh, and I wrestle with that. Like, what do I do? I'm singing this song. And the people who, like, the, this artist or this church thinks I'm going to hell. Thinks I'm not a Christian. Um, and so a couple thoughts on that. Number one, um, from day one, the church has been full of queer people. Yeah. From day one. From day one. Um, in Acts, the first Gentile, the first non-Jewish convert to Christianity was a non-binary Ethiopian eunuch. Okay? Okay? From the very beginning, from the very beginning, God has been including, calling, inviting queer people. But queer people haven't just been invited. They've been leading. They've been serving. I, here's what I wish. I, I wish, like, um, if you go into Spotify or, 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 or Apple Music and you saw worship songs, I wish if that song was written, created, played by, produced, managed, 
in any way affected by queer people that there would be like a little rainbow flag? I promise you, I promise you, if you went to like Christian gospel category on Spotify, it would be full of rainbow flags. Queer people have been creating in the church forever. We're some of the most creative people. I mean, the, the buildings, the art, the songs, the music, the expression of worship to God has always included queer people. Uh, second thing um, is that I think it's an important spiritual practice for us, especially with our spiritual ancestors or our ancestors or with anything, to know what to hold on to and what to let go of. Yeah. Um, I, if I, like, you know, cancel every part of Christianity or any kind of content that came from people that were homophobic, I would be left with, like, 2% of Christianity. Um, and I'm okay that the church needed to repent, is repenting, and will repent. Um, but I know, I can look at my spiritual ancestors and figure out what to hold on to and figure out what to let go of. Um, and then the third thing is, um, sometimes uh, worship music causes gay marriages. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> sometimes it's a side effect. It's a side effect. It's not heavily reported. But like, I met my husband because of Grinder and Hillsong. You know what I mean? Right? Like, Grinder and Hillsong. The next time Hillsong has like a documentary of all the stuff they did bad, I want to go on and be like, I met my husband because of From the Inside Out. Like, so, um, on our first date, me and Fabo, we went to Chipotle, and it was actually pretty chill, pretty normal. There wasn't, it was just kind of whatever. Um, and then we got in a car and we were going to go to Can Can Wonderland, which yeah. is like a mini golf place. Amazing. And I, again, 80% of my music is just Christian, and I would not subject uh, people dates to Christian music. I think people need to consent to worship. <laughs> I think people need to consent to like be a part of the thing. Have you ever been to like a Christian business where their way of being a light for the Lord is like having Christian music at the waiting room? And you go to a dentist and there's like a worship concert happening at the TV. And you're like, okay. Um, and I wasn't gonna do that to like my dates. I, I just wasn't gonna do that. Um, and so every time I go on a date and I put music in the car, I'd have to like scroll past all my music to get to like like a regular chill playlist. Um, and so I was doing that, and I've done that many, many times, but I was doing that in the car, and I, I passed by an album that says United. And I keep passing by, and uh, Fabo says, is that Hillsong United? And I was shocked. Like a miracle was happening. You Some of you don't understand. So this is like all the men in the world. Here are all the gay men in the world, and then that Adam right there is all the gay Christian men that are like 15 minutes away from me. You know what I mean? If you're dating right now, you need, even in the valley of death, like God will be with you. Uh, so anyway, so I was like, you know Hillsong, you know Hillsong United? He's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. When I was young in Ecuador, in our youth group, we would sing it in Spanish. The same songs in Spanish, and so there's a song from the inside out. In English it says, right, like everlasting, your light will shine when all else fades. Never ending, your glory goes beyond all fame. And in Spanish, right, it's like, Dios eterno, tu luz por siempre brillará, y tu gloria incomparable sin fin. Right, so it's the same song. They had the same we had the same experience across continents about a God who loves us and is with us. Wow. 
Right, so again, sometimes it causes gay marriages, so I just, um, you know, um, so, so just, I, I think it's just important that we realize that worship is just expression. Yeah. How could you not witness the goodness of God and not say wow, and not like be moved? But it is a physical thing. Like, I think sometimes we think we need to have, we need to like have an experience and then we say wow. But what worship is, it's this intentional like, it's by singing and dancing and crying and moving and leaning that we feel what we feel. Yeah. You, don't, you don't need to wait to feel something to dance. It's by the dancing that you feel something. Do you understand? Yeah. So don't wait to worship before you like feel something. It's in the act of movement that you shape your heart and your soul. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, close with, I'll close with this. Um, so uh, I, uh, when my life was, uh, when, I, uh, when my life was really hard, uh, when I was 21, um, I, I was so depressed um, that I, I dropped out of school. And when I dropped out of school, um, I probably had like 200 friends, people in my life and communities that I loved that I cared about. I told one of them that I was leaving the state. Wow. I told one of them that I was dropping out because I was so ashamed that here I was supposed to be a leader and a Christian and a student, and now I'm going to be like. Uh, very few of those things. Um, and so I, I moved uh, with my mom and dad to Texas. That's where they were at. I didn't know anybody in Texas. I didn't know anyone in Houston. And my life as a college dropout was like, I had a small bedroom, I had a mattress on the ground, and uh, I was really depressed, and I, I didn't have a job. I got a job at Sonic um, for $4.25 an hour. And this was in the 1900s. This was 2015. So I don't know how that was legal. I don't know how that was okay. You know what I mean? Uh, but like, I was supposed to get tips. And, um, and so my life was really, really dark. It had so much shame. It had so much, I couldn't imagine a way forward. And I remember for two weeks, I didn't stop praying. But my prayer was very specific. And I, I know this is going to sound silly to you, but... But, but it was serious to me. You know what my prayer was? My prayer was, God, this is so bad. This is so dark. There isn't a way forward. So God, would you make it so that when I go to sleep tonight, I would wake up tomorrow and it would be the first day of college? Because I cannot imagine this being a part of my story. I cannot imagine this being good one day. I can't imagine it. And I prayed for two weeks, God, literally turn back time because I can't imagine another solution. And God uh, didn't answer uh, that prayer. Uh, I would wake up every day and I'd be on a mattress on a floor in Houston uh, about to get ready to go to work at Sonic. And I, um, I, after those two weeks of praying that and, and not <laughs> having a time machine, um, I was angry. I was angry because I served God and it went badly. I followed Jesus and it went badly. I made sacrifices for the kingdom of God and it went terrible. And I became angry. You know like uh, the, the book of Job? You know how bad things happen to him? But he doesn't curse God. So beautiful. That was not my story. <laughs> that was like not my story. Um, and so I, um, I, I, I started, uh, I just... My prayer, my mantra became, ask you, God. Every, probably like 42 seconds, ask you, God. 
I hate my life. I hate everything. I followed you, and this is what I have. F you, God. Because, like, uh, I also didn't, you know, want to continue. So it's like, what are you going to do? Kill me? You know, so there's like, F you, God. It was like, it seemed like pretty, pretty, pretty worthy of, of that. And I did that for, yeah, some weeks. I, like, I went to work, and every day I would say, F you, God. Because I couldn't imagine a way forward. I didn't stop believing in God. I stopped believing that God was good. On one particular morning, I had work. And I had to get on my, like, blue and red outfit for Sonic. And I had a little apron. And I didn't have a car. So I had to walk to work every single day. It's like a 20-minute walk down a Texas road. Um, and it was, like, particularly cloudy. It looked like it was going to storm or rain. And so that morning, my prayer was, F you, God. Make it rain. Because you cannot make my life worse. You cannot make my life worse. Make it rain. Make it storm. Whatever. I don't care anymore. Make it rain. And you know, you know where the story's gonna go. Uh, it started raining. Uh, it started raining a lot, and so I'm like walking on the Texas road. I'm like three minutes into my 20 minute walk, and there begins the rain. <laughs> the rain, and it just starts hitting me, and I just I'm like, where am I? Where am I? What am I doing? I said I would worship you in good times and bad, and here I am. And all I have to say is, F you, God. And I mean it, but I, where am I? What, what is this? This isn't, this isn't where I want to be. And I remember this song. It's just a simple song. It's called My Lighthouse. And what like this, in my wrestling and in my doubt, in my weakness, you won't walk out. You're my lighthouse. You're my lighthouse. And I just, in the rain, on the road, really depressed, working at Sonic, I just, just prayed that. I just prayed that. And before I could get to the chorus of that song, just like violently, a car just like, like drives right next to me and opens the windshield. And I'm like, I know this is Texas, so it's like a little really weird. And like this woman I've never met like, like pushes down her window and, uh, and hands me wow. a peach, white spotted. Umbrella. And I'll be honest with you, I said no. I said no. I'm like, no, no. I know how this is. No, I'm good. Thank you. No. No, but she insisted she wouldn't leave until I grabbed the umbrella. And then she left. And I like opened up this umbrella. And I heard God say, I didn't tell you it would be easy. I told you I'd be with you. I didn't tell you it would be easier. I told you I'd be with you. Wow. And I think it's important to note that at that moment, the rain didn't stop. I think it's important to note that at that moment, um, my life didn't get better. I was still very depressed. I was still taking my medication as we all should and going to my psychiatrist as we all should. And um, if you actually know my story, uh, it's going to get over the next three months slightly better, and then it's going to get very, very worse, like incredibly bad. Um, it won't get good for like two, three years. Um, but if God is with me, even Sonic can be good. If God is with me, I'm missing nothing. And there was this moment in my life where I realized I had this peace that I could work at Sonic for the rest of my life 
and I would be missing nothing. Yeah. I could work, I could live in a small room with a mattress on the floor with my parents for the rest of my life. And if God was with me, I'm missing nothing. Mm. And that became the foundation because I hit rock bottom and I met Jesus there. Mm. And Jesus wasn't ashamed of rock bottom. Mm. Jesus wasn't surprised by it either. Mm. Jesus didn't judge me for where I was. Jesus came along for the ride. Wow. Jesus walked along for the journey. And so uh, <laughs> I have this umbrella, but it's never been about the umbrella. It's about a God who's with me, not only on the Texas road, a God who has been with me in unemployment, a God who has been with me as a college dropout, a God who has been with me in psych wards and lots of places, but God who has never left and never will. Yeah. If you know who is with you, you say wow. Wow. Thank you. Wow.